1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: Betsy Brant Betsy Brantner-Smith, thanks for joining me this morning. Hey, it's
2: so great to uh, to be with you this morning. I didn't write that article, but uh, but we have been talking about this, the National Police Association. Um Around the country, because this is what I mean, you guys are already. So I'm so glad you were talking about Larry Krasner, (laughs) Um, you know, because he's one of those uh, 70 plus George Soros installed prosecutors around this nation that is ruining our cities. And that's as as you guys know, it's creeping into the suburbs and even into the rural areas. And now this raise the age, which has wreaked havoc in the state of New York, um, and also in my native Chicago, uh, we've seen it in uh, Portland, LA um trying to say that people under the age of 18 and in some places they're talking even under the age of 21 that hey these are just kids and no matter what they do arm robbery carjacking murder drug dealing we're going to treat them like kids and the manhattan institute and uh uh you know brilliant brilliant think tank raphael mangala who wrote the book called criminal injustice is saying actually now that we've had a few years to observe this in new york this is actually causing uh, recidivism. And, uh, and you know, we need to get the word out there that just because you're 14, 15, 16 doesn't mean you aren't a criminal in need of extreme punishment.
0: Yeah, you know, I had actually asked some different law enforcement officials and, and cops who I know in, in my region in Philadelphia, whatever happened to sending juvenile offenders, especially first-time offenders or non, non-violent offenders to some kind of a boot camp. They used to do that back mm-hmm. in the day and to extract them from an environment where, let's say, they're being recruited by gangs. I mean, gang recruitment is up for sure here in Philadelphia and across the country. And so they said, yeah, we, we don't have that as much. And then so the, there's a real problem with with that piece of it. That I think that these kids are stuck. I mean, here in Philadelphia, the facilities are jam-packed. And so these kids ultimately are put in a juvie facility. There, it's, there's, it's encouraged to let them out because it's jam-packed. But while they're in there, by the way, they're just learning from tougher
2: kids who've committed worse crimes. It, it's a
0: hot mess right
2: now. Well, it really is. You know, I was a, I was a cop for 29 years. I was a juvenile detective for many of those years. And here's the problem. When you take these kids, because you know what? People under the age of 18, when they begin their life of crime, you know, we have a chance. We, the the system, have a chance to interrupt that. But when you arrest them then you turn them back over to their parents or guardians or to foster care or whatever, and they're put right back in that same environment, they they really have no chance of changing their behavior. So you're absolutely right, those outward bound programs, those boot camps, places where we can send these kids away mm-hmm. from that bad environment, that gang recruitment or whatever it is, and, uh, and show them that this is, doesn't have to be their life. We had a much better chance. But the problem is, those programs are now seen as, you know, mean and cruel and, and this and that. You know, I want people to think about this. Don't you think it's more cruel to send a 14 year old who has been encouraged to be a drug mule or a, a gun mule mm-hmm. for a street gang? Isn't it more cruel to send him right back? Into that environment than it is to maybe send them to a program out west in Wyoming or Arizona or wherever. And and wouldn't it be great to see the federal government put some funding into that rather than some of these ridiculous programs that we're seeing now. And I also want people to think about this. Why is it that someone under the age of 18 who commits multiple, multiple, multiple crimes, um, we say, oh, well, they don't really know what they're doing. They're just a child. Mm -hmm. But if they're 12 and they want their uh, breasts cut off or they want to take hormone blockers because they (laughs) they don't know what sex they are, that's okay. They can make those decisions. It's insanity. It's upside down world.
0: It really is. And you know, we're talking to Sergeant Betsy Branter smith I noted that when we're talking about teenagers, you actually started at the age of 17 when you started your career as a police dispatcher. So you as a teenager had a job in law enforcement. What did that do for you as a teenager to earn money as a police dispatcher? Can
2: you take us through that a little bit just Your life story? Absolutely. Um, You know, I grew up in a very rural area, and I was, you know, this is the late 70s, and I was one of those kids that I could have kind of gone either way. And so my dad, what an amazing guy, he knew the local sheriff, and he said, hey, can my kid think she might want to be a cop someday someday? Um, Do you have a job for? Her? So from right after school, 4 p.m. to midnight, five nights a week, I'm sitting in front of a, a, a dispatch terminal. Um, answering calls, sending police officers to calls. And, of course, what did that do? Well, it really kept me out of trouble. And And it made me realize that my calling, my mission in life, was going to be law enforcement. I went to college. I worked two and three jobs at a time the entire time. And two weeks out of college at the age of 21, I found myself a cop in the Chicago suburbs. So it was an amazing experience. And you've worked in patrol
0: investigations, narcotics, juvenile, you've kind of done it all, canine, hostage negotiations. Um, y- you've really done it all, and you have a, just such a great, you know, vast experience to talk on this issue. But I think part of it is that, and I'm a mom of teenage boys, bad things happen when teenagers, all teenagers, but especially teenage boys, when they're bored, bad things happen. And I think that's a piece of it, you know, that we have to, we don't have enough for these kids. The schools here in Philadelphia, for example, um, I, I don't I think they're they're obviously failing on many levels, but these kids can't get jobs here. And so that leads them to, you know, unfortunately opens them up even against the will of parents and grandparents who've kind of lost control there. Well,
2: and you're absolutely right. Parents, grandparents, guardians, everybody's got to work. I had I had two teenage yeah. boys too that you know, and I I think back and 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 uh, we think, wow, you know, thank God now they're productive adults and parents themselves. And um and you know, you're absolutely right. If and and again, I want people to think about this. You know, you tell a kid, you know, hey, you can take home $5,000 a week running this dope for us, being our lookout for carjackings, this and that, or you can go work at McDonald's for $12 an hour. What's going to be what's going to be their choice? We need to to remove them from that situation. We need to help out those parents and guardians because you're right, a bored teenager is potentially a teenager in big trouble, and juvenile crime around this nation is wreaking havoc. And a lot of the victims are juveniles themselves. Yeah. We have juvenile on juvenile murder, yeah. and it's absolutely heartbreaking. And so these kids have no—they have no optimism. They see no future. Why should I bother to work? Because next week I'm going to be shot in a gang shooting. I'm going to be run over. I'm going to be arrested. So, without optimism, you're not going to be a productive American.
0: Yeah, nobody's the, the weird thing to me. Nobody's talking about real solutions like you're talking about, and there's this bizarre upside-down land situation where here we see it across the country, but here in Philadelphia as well, where there's this pandering to to certain communities and even to teens and their families to say, well. You know, your brain doesn't really doesn't really work right until you're 26. To me, that's so insulting to say to teenagers. For example, that that's a direct quote. I could play you the audio. This was mm-hmm, RDA mm-hmm. Krasner physically. He said that that your brain isn't really fully formed until age 26. And I nearly fell off my chair when I heard him saying it. You know, it. But really, that's an insult. To say, well, I don't trust you. I have to take care of you. I don't trust you. I don't think that you're actually able to think for yourself. Isn't that demeaning? Isn't that the opposite oh,
2: of empowerment? Ordinarily. And yet at 18, you can join the United States military and go die for your country in some foreign land. At age 21, you can become a police officer or a firefighter. And again, you know, we, we remember some of the Democrats talk about, well, we should make the voting age 16 because they really know what they're talking about. You know, but only when it comes to things like climate change and this and that. These DAs like Larry Krasner, Larry Krasner is, is such a train wreck. Um, You know, you talked earlier about the Heritage Foundation, a couple Mm -hmm. of great guys from the Heritage Foundation wrote a phenomenal book that just came out called Rogue Prosecutors. And one of the people they highlight is Larry Krasner and just the the absolutely disgusting nature of his thoughts on the criminal justice system. You know, the United States of America, and this is because of our Constitution, is basically a gentlewoman's and a a gentleman's agreement that you don't steal my stuff, I don't steal Mm -hmm. your stuff, we don't attack each other, and when those rules are broken, then we have this wonderful justice system, the best in this world, to punish people. And then once you are punished, you, you may go about your life and change your life. But Soros and prosecutors and the, the, uh, the legislators that support their insane ideas are the ones that are destroying this nation by telling these criminals you are victims. If everyone is a victim, there's no retribution, there's no punishment, there's no consequences, there's no responsibility. And that's why we're in this crazy situation that we're in. And Ron DeSantis has, you know, he was able to do something about it in Florida. Not every state has that. Unfortunately, uh, Pennsylvania does not. But you can do recalls. Look, they Mm -hmm. did in San Francisco. They recalled Chesa Bowden, their crazy DA. And I believe that that's something that's available in Pennsylvania. People just have to get tired of Krasner, you know, ruining the city and ruining the county.
0: Yeah. And I think part of it was there were some rookie moves when he first started on day one, he just fired a bunch of veteran prosecutors who were right in the right. middle of some of them had spent, you know, a year on a case, were ready to go to trial in a week, two weeks, etc. And then boom, they were fired. So you can only imagine the Kate, ca- that the chilling impact that, that had. And then the victim's families were saying, what, you know, this prosecutor has been working and, and informing us as the family. I mean, it was such a disaster. And then you think about the efforts to overturn convictions and right. that, that we just had a case fairly recently where somebody who, who Krasner and his team had quote unquote exonerated. And that's the headline. The headline across the country is, Oh, a, a person who was wrongfully convicted and sent to jail has been exonerated. They're innocent, but that's really not the truth. So in a lot of these, they get a judge to go along with a motion where they say, well, we've decided not to prosecute. And that's all. They're not in, in many of these cases, they're doing a case where the, where the former prosecutor has, has died, has passed away. I've talked wow. to family members who've said, you know, my husband was a prosecutor for decades, was an honest, good man. And now he's being ripped, you know, and defamed. And, and this is horrible that this DA's office is doing this. So they go into court. They basically badmouth the, the prosecutor who can't defend himself or herself. And they essentially say, well, we don't really have any new evidence. But essentially, we're, we're making this motion to just uh, not prosecute. And the judge goes along with it. And we just had a guy who was convicted of murder and now is back behind bars and, and, and because of a felony charge. With uh, being a drug dealer, we just have this re- within the past week or two. This is what's happening, and and people have. You're right; they do have to just wake up and understand. They're not they're not looking at the law. They're not retrying these cases. As far as juveniles, though, I wanted to just return to that really quick. What do you think as far as solutions? Um, as far as dealing with kids to get us back on track. Do you have some solutions on this as somebody with, you know, your extensive background in working with kids and and law enforcement?
2: Well, absolutely. Kids are salvageable. Uh, you know, I, I mean, really, everyone is salvageable. But let, let's look at people under the age of 18. When they commit a crime and they are caught, we we have got to do two things. They have got to be punished. They have got to see that there are consequences But part of that has to be a removal from the situation that they are in, if that situation is a contributing factor to their life of crime. So we've got to have programs that take these kids Somewhere else again. It's it's those fantastic boot camp, hour bound um, boys ranch kind of programs that show these kids a different life. I mean, think about in Philadelphia, how many of these kids have never seen the the mountains, have never seen the country, mm-hmm. don't know that anything exists. You know, five miles outside of the city or two states away. If we can remove them plus punish them because consequences are huge, we can save so many of them. And then they can return into society better people and who will not commit crimes. Yeah, and the other
0: piece of this I will say just as a news person looking at stats, if you look at the headlines from DOJ, from the U.S. Department of Justice, the headlines are, oh, violent crime arrests, Involving youth, involving the youths from the movie, involving youth have been on the decline. So because and, and, and this is so they want to get the headline. Oh, we have we have far less arrests of you know kids under seventeen, and and they they think that we're stupid that we think oh well good we have less arrests. No no no, they're handcuffing police. They don't want police to make these arrests. They want to skew the stats. But ultimately, they're getting the opposite impact. I mean, you you had talked about the huge increase in crime at the hands of juveniles.
2: Yeah, and and understand that nine out of every ten police departments in this country, are shorthanded. So yes, less arrests overall. Why? Because a there's not enough cops to make the arrest. So they just have to make the arrest for the for the most uh, you know extraordinary crimes. I mean, look at look at crimes that kids are generally involved in in the beginning of their career criminal uh, behavior. Things like retail theft and, and burglary and car theft. Those kinds of arrests are down because we don't have enough cops and why don't we have enough cops because of what we have just been talking about Mm -hmm. cops are so beleaguered they're so you know here you you spent a you know all this time working on a drug case or a homicide case and and yet when you take it to the prosecutor they're like yeah no thanks That wears at the spirit of the American law enforcement officer. And that's exactly what you guys are seeing. Your cops are so beat up because of these years of their being vilified and demonized. And now the entire system, the entire criminal justice system is is being trashed by these far left people who... We don't really, you know, whatever we think their end game is, they're destroying American society as we know it. And that may be the end game. Well, Sergeant Betsy
0: Branter smith I really appreciate you coming on. I hope you come back. Um, But we just thank you. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Thanks for your insights.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours